You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. We've been looking at the three of me and we learned from Genesis 2-7 that when God formed man of the dust of the ground, there was a man. But that man was at the level of a dog, of an ape, of a gorilla. Okay, because they are our close relatives. If God stopped at that first part of Genesis 7, we'll just be operating like the animals. Okay? But God didn't stop there. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's why the Bible says, what is man that thou art what? Mindful of him. So he went the next level, and the Bible says he breathed into the nostrils of this man he formed the breath of life. Now, that breath of life was not oxygen, because animals breathe oxygen. Okay, that breath of life was zoe. It was the life of God. It was the ability to relate and commune with God. It was the level of God. Praise God. After he did that, he didn't leave us robots. He didn't leave us animals with spirit. He now allowed us to become what? A living being. To have a personality. Remember, he said, let us make man in our what? Image. And what did God say to Moses when he said, who will I tell the people? He said, tell them I am that I am. Praise the Lord. So the last part of it was when he gave us a personality. So as we are here now... We are so different, even though we are human beings and we have the Spirit of God, but we have diverse personalities, okay? And that is where we, or rather, that is the one that really, really belongs to us. That we learn that our Lord Jesus' teaching says, What shall a man give in exchange, not for his breath, not for his body, but for his soul? Why? We learned also, thank you, Holy Spirit, we learned that the body is not our own ultimately. No matter what you do, this body will jam with the earth where it came from, isn't it? So as we are born, every day we are living, we struggle for a time to resist gravity and we grow up. After some time, we start growing down. How many of us have aged parents? You see that they've begun to, to grow down. You know why? Because the earth is saying, this body belongs to me. Okay, woe betide you if the body is going down and your spirit is not going up. That's how everything will go down. It will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So the body belongs to the earth, but the soul is the personality, that person that God has given to you. In that place, you have the capacity to think. You have the capacity to make choices. You have the capacity to say yes to whatever I want to say yes, to say no to whatever I say no to, depending on your judgment. It was to this man, this part of man, that God said, of all the trees of the garden, you may what? Freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is in the midst of the garden, he said, you shall not eat of it, for the day you eat of it, you will do what? You will die. Now, such an instruction cannot be given to an animal, because an animal has no power of choice it responds to instincts okay so if you keep food the only way you can keep an animal from eating it is to keep the food from the animal or to keep the animal from the food you don't keep food and tell the dog you can eat this one you can't eat this one will it happen it cannot happen praise the lord 
So those are some of the things we learned on Wednesday. Please get the tip and get more of it. We also learned that the natural man, the body, does not receive spiritual signals. And as I was meditating on it, you know what the Lord said to me? He said, tell them that the same way it is impossible for me to write a note to the dog and say to the dog, when you get there, turn left, your food is there. Would the dog know what I'm saying? You know why? Because the dog cannot interpret this type of message. The same way, the natural man cannot interpret the spirit of God. Is that impossible? So for you and I to commune with God, we need a spirit man to do what? To do the communication. And God will help us as we continue in the name of Jesus Christ. So we, the part of me that can actually know God, fellowship with God, commune with God, is the spirit man. Until somebody is born again, somebody who is not born again, his spirit man is dead. And we learn that being dead is not that dead. It's separated from God. So that spirit man is there, but the difference is that that spirit is being invigorated by a spirit that is from this world, by the spirit of the Antichrist, by the spirit of Babylon. Okay? That spirit controls, inspires. Okay, so the spirit of a man is like a receiver. How many of us are more than 40 years? 45, 50. Okay, you know what they call transmitter radios. How many of us remember? So the spirit of man is like the receiver. That receiver can pick signal. You can either SW, short wave, medium wave, or uh, FM. Hallelujah. So your spirit is like a receiver. When you're not born again, the spirit cannot receive anything from god so the first act the first work of god miracle of god that brings salvation is when the holy spirit you know conquers your body soul and penetrates your spirit and makes your spirit alive from that moment that's why you hear and know that for god so loved the world that he did what he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then you also learn that whosoever does not believe is condemned already. That's why we run out to give our lives to Christ. Because we know that ah, if I stay as I am, I'm condemned. Why? Because the spirit of God has quickened your spirit. All of a sudden you can sense what is really true. Praise the Lord. So your spirit is like a receiver. And then after you get born again, John 3 uh, 5 and 6. John 3, 3 says, unless a man be born again, he cannot see. When that happens, you begin to see the things of the kingdom. That's how your you know, life begins to change. You begin to see things differently, interpret things differently. And 5 and 6 says, unless you're born of water and spirit, you cannot what? Enter. So it is this birth and the growth and development in this birth that you know, propels you to be able to enter. On Wednesday, we'll learn that somebody can actually have this experience and continue living a life of death. Why? Because it says, as newborn babies, what do you do? Desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. So you may know somebody, or you may be somebody, I pray you're not, who has had that experience, but you're living life just the way you used to live before it happened. What has happened is that you're like a baby that was taken from the maternity world and dropped somewhere not being fed. That baby will survive for a while. After a while, that baby will die. And that would be a very sad thing because that's a full human being that could have grown to be a medical doctor, a space scientist or what, but because he wasn't fed, you know, did not make it, okay? The second thing that we also see from the Spirit is that when the Spirit man 
is made alive, it becomes able, we've said that, to fellowship with God. So God speaking in John 4, 24, says, I'm seeking those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. So we've had beautiful, you know, springs, they gave us beautiful, you know, experience of praise and worship. But the excellency of the sound, the voices, you know, the, all the things that we did here, our body and soul, all of them can, you know, make us happy, make us enjoy the session. But the one that will get to God is where it is what? Spirit to spirit, because that is the only thing that God can receive. Praise the Lord. So my body cannot really, my soul cannot really, but they can become vehicles through which my spirit expresses his worship and devotion to God. May I worship you in spirit and in truth, in Jesus' name. Okay, on the other side, the body, someone should be asking, the body, is it all bad? The body is not all bad. Why? Because the body is the part of you designed to enable you function legally on earth. Without the body, your operations on earth are illegal. Hallelujah. That's why you're given this body and after a time, it leaves you. Why? Because you're expected to have submitted. How, most of everyone here must have written some exam at some time. So the, the body is like those three hours they give you. For those who are about to write jam, four hours or whatever. After the time has expired, the body will go. Your body is given to you for a season. You don't have it all the time. It's to enable you function and it's to enable you purposefully and efficiently or effectively fulfill your purpose assignment on earth. So my body is my vehicle. It's like the space suit that is given to those who are the astronauts. Something is given to them. Why? Because they're going where we're not going. Imagine if somebody here decided that, you know, I like the space suit. I'm going to wear it. And he, you know, has a lot, enough money to afford it and buy a space suit. Is he going to be comfortable here? Will he be able to operate? He probably will, you know, suffocate and die. But because those people are going to the moon where the conditions are different, they are given a space suit. When they come back also, they take off the space suit. The same way you and I have come to earth and you have been given your body, praise the Lord, as a package. This package is to help me to function on this earth. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, it says when we are done, when all things, you know, time is gone, this is what is going to happen. It says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That what will happen? That each one may receive the things done in their body according to what he has done, whether what good or bad. So if you use your body to do what God created the body for, there'll be a reward. If you use your body to do what God did not create the body for, there'll be a punishment. Now, sometimes some of those punishments begin to manifest while you're here. But like I've said here, as long as somebody is breathing, nobody is under judgment. Are you with me? What is operating on the life upon the life of anybody who is still alive is still mercy. Because at any point there is still breath and the body is still available, somebody can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for that. Hallelujah. At any point, nobody on earth, no matter what they've done, is under God's judgment. Yeah, they may be under the judgment of the state, of the city, of you know, different things, but never under God's judgment. Because while you are alive, what is speaking for you is mercy. Jesus is interceding. Praise the Lord. Now, Hebrews 10, 5 to 7. 
tells us about the importance of the body. This is our Lord Jesus speaking here. He says, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have what? Prepared for me. Six, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. This is now taking us out from the understanding of the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, what the focus was, was what? You sacrifice ram, you sacrifice bull, you sacrifice this, okay? But now for you and I in the New Testament, okay, what is required of us there? It says, a body you have what? Prepared for me. And what is the purpose of that body? Verse 7. It says what? Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is what? Written of me to what? Do your will. So the sacrifice of the New Testament is not what I give God. It's what my body does. Praise the Lord. So we are taken from the works of the flesh to the works of the spirit. Where it is his will. What does he want me to do? Not how much. Not how far. You know why? Because we've learned that God does not have any need. If I, as a man now, we're going to reward you now as you're all looking at me. And I say, you know, I, I need dollars, okay? And I need, I, I have need for money, okay? You know that I'll be more excited with the person who gives the most, isn't it? Or let's even say I need, um, I need someone to quickly run to my house and, you know, turn off the uh, gas. I forgot to turn off the gas in my house. The person who gets there first would impress me most, isn't it? Why? Because I had a need. But a situation where I have no need, no matter how fast you run or no matter how much you give, cannot impress me. The only thing that can impress me is what originates from me. In the volume of your book, it is written of me what? I delight to do your will. So what impresses God now is not how gifted, how excellent, how, no. It is how much am I, you know, living my life in accord with his will. That's why Lord Jesus Christ said, I do nothing except what I see the Father do. He can do everything. All power belongs to him. That's why he will come to where a multitude were of sick folk were and heal one person. Why? Because that's what the Father wanted. Praise the Lord, somebody. So the body is our vehicle for obedience. If you had no regard for your body, begin to do that from today. Your body is what will enable you, allow you to serve God here and to do the will of God. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's trying to just do a catch up. This morning, I want to take us through another direction and... Um, what, what we have written here is that when we get saved, our spirit is made alive and begins to respond to the spirit of God. We've said that already. Our bodies, yes, this is very important. You know, a born-again Christian doesn't have his body begin to be transformed. The only time that may happen is maybe you were into alcohol and, you know, substance abuse and all of that. You know, if you get born again, you should stop. There'll be transformation. But your body is still subject to the way it looks and all of that, Okay. But there is a part of you that when you get born again, becomes the center of attention of God. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking of the spirit now. We established, I think on Wednesday, that the spirit is from God. So what happens in my spirit is just how much room I make for the spirit of God. Okay? But your mind, let me hear you say, my mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. This is retreating what we read from Hebrews 10. That you present your bodies, what? 
a living sacrifice. So when I'm born again, my body becomes a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. Holiness is the acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. One. That's the first part. Then the second part, let's read that together again now. It says, and do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can even stop here. Do not be conformed. What does it mean to be conformed? To let the mind be as it was before I got born again. To continue in the same mode. To continue in the same manner. It says, do not allow that to happen. Rather, what should you do? You should be what? Transformed. Your mind should be transformed. Your mind should be transformed. Let me say, my mind should be transformed. Now, transformation is not assimilation. Transformation is a strong word. Praise the Lord. The closest picture you can have to that is the metamorphosis of a caterpillar to a butterfly. They don't look the same at all, but they came from one. You understand? Birth is something completely new. But this transformation is that you take the caterpillar and make it into a butterfly. So when you get born again, take this picture. Your mind is like the mind of the caterpillar. And the work they're telling us to begin to do now is to what? Work on this mind so that this mind begins to look like a butterfly. Somebody say, my mind is being transformed in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so it means to change something dramatically. It means to undergo total change. Another way you can picture it for those of us that are um, scientists is to convert from one form of energy to the other. So some of us use solar in our houses now. Transformation is to take solar and then use it to power your television. It doesn't make sense, but that is how powerful transformation can be. And that is what is expected to happen in our mind, which is where our soul is. Praise the Lord. The mind is the software with which we relate and download the things of God. It is a processing unit, okay? It is a point of view, it's the attitude, it's the sentiment, it's the seat of thought and memory. It's the center of consciousness that generates our thoughts, feelings, ideas, perceptions, you can see why it is important that the mind is transformed. Praise God. Let me now ask us this question, and uh, I need maybe one or two or three people to give me an answer. What is your view? What is your rest? What was your response when you heard of the killing of Deborah? Okay, what were the responses so that people can be more free? Sorry? Disgust. Okay. Sorry? Anger. Okay. So what did you think? disgust anger and then sorry we should kill them oh yeah no i mean well yes Uh judgment that's kill them now justice justice is kill them now that's murder now don't don't try to act nice on me i know what is in your uh, kill them back abby Uh uh-huh we are going somewhere we're making progress praise the lord it's painful okay it is disheartening and we know it's not the first time Okay, now, but what was Jesus' response when they beheaded his cousin, John the Baptist? I'm asking a question now. Did he kill Herod? Did he have the power to kill Herod? If he just, you know, got angry, Herod will be dead. The wife will be dead. The daughter will be dead. The whole clan will be dead. But he didn't do that. We are going somewhere. Don't, I mean, don't uh, act holy for me. You know, I know where we are all coming from. Okay. We want to see how practically we do not be conformed to this world. When I heard it, I was so angry. 
you know, and just like many of us, we pray justice, judgment. Then as I was praying judgment or justice, the Lord asked me, what is justice in this case? And at our level, justice is that all of them be caught, tried for murder and killed, isn't it? That's powerful. But now we are learning to have our minds transformed. I want to ask you a question. If we believe that Deborah was a Christian, born-again Christian, what did they kill? Clap for yourself. So they killed her body, okay? So her soul is in heaven now. The people that killed her, maybe 30 of them caught and killed, their body will be killed. Where would their souls go? In that equation, let me ask you, who has won victory? So the devil has won 30 souls and the kingdom has only one. That's why when they stoned Stephen, judgment was that Saul, you, you'll be saved. So I started praying that the people who killed her will continue to see visions of her in heaven. They will continue to see visions until they call upon the name of the Lord. And then they will testify amongst their groups that this thing we do doesn't work anything on. The mind of Christ, you know the issue is this. Let nobody feel bad. That's why we come to church. Our Lord Jesus, when he came on earth, came to show us the way. He was speaking to the Jews and he said to them, he said, I am from above and you are from beneath. At every point in time, you must be careful if you're a born again Christian. Are you coming from above or are you coming from what? Beneath. It will give you completely different worldviews. And your worldview will determine your processing of the information you get. So we got this information. Some worldview, some people, some of us here and I, some people said Christians should start killing Muslims in the south. Did you see that? Reach, you know, retaliation. All manner of things. Now, all of that can only advance the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says the wrath of man does not what? Produce the righteousness of God. However, just in case anybody misunderstands me now, saying that does not mean that if you're a lawyer, okay, a Christian lawyer, you should not go and prosecute that case to the last point for judgment, okay? Or if you're a politician or someone in government, you must not see. You know why? Because you are, your calling as a lawyer is to focus, interpret, read, know the laws of the land and do what? See that you argue it out. If you're in government now, your job as a government officer is to enforce the law. So there are different assignments. But for the Christian on his own now, not directly involved, what must you do? You must ask what is the position of Jesus in this matter. And let's not misunderstand this now. Our Lord Jesus actually takes the persecution of the Christian personally. That's why when he was speaking to Saul of Tarsus, he says, Saul, Saul, why what? Why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting, you know, the Jews or the church or the Christians? No, he said, why are you persecuting me? So for every time a Christian is persecuted, is hurt, Jesus feels it in his person. Remember, the Bible says we are what? The body of Christ. So he feels it. It does not diminish the hurt he feels. However, our Lord Jesus expected that those who are his disciples, those who listen to him, understood 
the three separate parts of the human being, of the Christian. That's what we're trying to emphasize on Wednesday. That we're learning these things like an anatomy class for trainee medical doctors. Because when you learn anatomy, it can help you to know which part of the body is sick and know how to address it. Isn't it right? So when we learn these things, Jesus expected that we'll know. And if we don't want to even complicate it, let's reduce it to two. And say the body and what? The soul. So our Lord Jesus expected that we will understand the two parts of the, you know, this uh, minimized two parts, the body and the soul. Why? Because he, he made some statements. Matthew 10, 28. Let's see what he said there. He was speaking to his disciples and he said to them, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Have you read that statement before? He said, but rather what? Fear him who is what? Able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What's he saying there? If you read further down, he, he said to them, he said, he says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are what? Are all numbered. So it's not from a point of insensitivity or lack of care. He's saying that concerning your care, I have it to the maximum point to which that I have numbered, not counted like we've learned. Okay, continue. He said, do not fear, therefore, you have more value than many sparrows. 32. Then he now goes on and says, therefore, whoever confesses me before me, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him. Our Lord Jesus expected that believers will know that the spirit, the soul, and the body are three different institutions altogether. And this is the point now that you might struggle to agree with. And the prosperity of one does not automatically equal the prosperity of the other. Are you with me? I know John, you know, the Spirit of God prayed through John. King James puts that thought John too that we quote. I wish. You know, that's what it says. King James puts it as I wish. New King James changed it to I pray. You know, some other ones use different translations. I wish above all things that you may what? Prosper and be in health as your soul. What that statement means is that the prosperity of your soul is not negotiable. But I wish that... This and this will be added. Are we looking at the Bible? That's why Lord Jesus Christ says, I will show you whom to fear. Fear the one that can deal negatively with the soul. In other words, there is nothing the devil can do as, you know, in all his rage and madness that can touch the soul of the one who says, I will keep my soul. In fact, the other prayer we prayed in First Thessalonians, you know what that prayer is about? First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. He said, now may the God of peace sanctify you. Okay, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole, read with me, your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved, what? At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you come to church this morning? Do you want to hear something? You know what that prayer is about? That prayer is that your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved, what? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that my body will be kept from mosquito bite. If you read it on the surface, that's the way it sounds. My body should be kept blameless, which means my body should not do anything that will compromise my holiness. Not that you can't touch me. If you touch me, you fall and die. No. In the agenda of God, it may be necessary that mosquito bites me. But my challenge 
should be, let my body be what? Blameless. Let me tell you something. Our Lord's prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There's a part that for a long time now, and I've, I've told us that here. The Lord has changed the way I prayed. Lead us not into temptation. The Lord has changed that completely, but let me not take our time on that. The other one that says, deliver me from evil. Do you know that that prayer, as you grow in your fellowship with God, you know how you should pray that prayer? Deliver me from doing evil. As a child who does not understand the things of God, is primarily let evil not occur or happen to me, which is part of the prayer. But more importantly, if you join it with this other prayer, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved or blameless. Say, Lord, deliver me. Jabez prayed that I may not cause pain. Deliver me. Let me not do evil. So then, no matter the temptation that comes my way, instead of me causing evil, let evil happen to me. Now, it's a hard, hard you know, pill to swallow, isn't it? A man said that for the Christian, he should prefer to be robbed than to rob. Because if you're robbed, number one, it means you're blessed to have something to be robbed of. If you're robbed, your heavenly father, who says vengeance is mine, I'll repay. The robber cannot escape him, so he'll deal with him, okay? And he also will not allow you to be what? Tempted beyond what you can bear. Most, the experience of most Christians is that when such losses are experienced, the Lord will replenishes even much more than what was taken, isn't it? Now, but the person who robbed is in trouble. Are you with me? The person has sinned against the holy God and the wrath of God is over his head. So you must begin to see life purely. From the view of God, is that transformation is not easy. And many Christians are not there. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ will say, if they slap you on one side, what should you do? Turn the other side. Sometimes you wonder, is that a mistake in the Bible? Tumon is not a mistake. It's intentional. You know why? Because you are coming from above. Are you with me? It's not a mistake. All of that is that your whole spirit, soul, and body may be what? Preserved, blameless. Not my portion, not my portion. I agree. But that is not what it's about. It's that you may not cause pain. That you may do no evil. Why? Because this is the angle our Lord and Savior Jesus is coming from. And because we Christians don't fully understand it, we fight unnecessary wars. That's why we get down to carnality. Whereas the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not what? They are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every word. High thing that has exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. It's in our processing. The mind is our processing unit. If we don't get it right there, we will process wrongly. May God help us in the name of Jesus. The spirit, soul, and body will not always be at par. But the spirit of God and the counsel of God is that your soul. Our Lord Jesus speaking somewhere, I don't have the reference here. He says, he, he, he was talking about the end and the tribulation and all of that that will happen. You know what he said to them? He says, in your patience, preserve your soul. What did he pray when he was praying to the father concerning the disciples? He said, I do not say that you should take them out. Isn't it? But he said, keep them. Preserve their souls. Because that is the core. That is the most valuable. That is the real 
thing that you and I have. It's the one that will last. It's the one that will enter into inheritance. It's the one that will be rewarded. It's the one that at the end of the day, you will look back and say, thank God I was able to hold this. Now, our Lord Jesus speaking, you know, in, in John 14, 30, he said, he said, the ruler of this world comes. He said, but he finds nothing in me, which means, you know, he, he can't say, I even had, not, not lie. I didn't even have one wrong thought. Am I right? I didn't have one wrong thought. Satan came and searched him. The EFCC of hell, the ICPC of hell, all the auditors of hell, international and local auditors, they checked Jesus out and they could not find anything in him. Now, I think that should be someone that the prince of this world should not be able to touch. But in all of that, they still crucified him. I want you to see perspective now. His concern was you cannot find anything in me. That's why we're looking at blameless for a thing. You cannot find anything in me. But the suffering, the affliction you can bring, I can take it. You know why? Because now we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So the affliction of Jesus' body, his crucifixion, we now learned in 2 Corinthians that we're going to look at, that what happened is that had they known, they would not have what? Crucified. So they thought this was a mighty victory. They succeeded in beating a man who had no sin. But not knowing that as they beat him and put stripes on his body, they were providing healing for us sinners. They did not know that as they spat on him and humiliated him, they were providing glory for us from earth level to heaven level. Do you know that when Jesus ascends his throne, you will not do it on the ground. He'll say, these are my brothers and sisters. The seat Jesus will sit upon. You and I are joint heads. We are going to sit together with him. That was how come he could take the humiliation. They put the crown of thongs upon his head. They put, they put his beard. All of that humiliation was so that in the spirit, a provision could be made for your exaltation. That's why he took it. But he had a right to say, no, you can't touch me. And just saying I'm Jesus, they were falling. That's the way it happens. So the Christian is not an ordinary person. But if you operate Christianity with a carnal mind, you cannot enter into what we are talking about. So you find believers, you know, get, getting up to fight just like an unbeliever. Anytime you see yourself saying, doing, responding the way unbelievers would do, just know that you have stepped out. And that stepping out, the truth may not be bad, unquote, but it cannot produce the righteousness of God. Are you with me? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2. We see from verse 7. Is it 2 Corinthians 2 or 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians, sorry. Okay, I read from 6. He said, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. What we are learning is a mystery. You know, married people here, husband, wife. That's why, the, you know, in this transformation of mind we have now, the husband is made more stronger, powerful than the wife. I know what you should do as a husband now. Is it push that woman around? No. What does the Bible say? Husbands, with your power, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What is happening? It's a transformation. Because the natural thing is that the husband order your wife. As an ogre should what? Order those that are stronger than. 
It's as simple as that. It makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? But you see, this wisdom we are talking about is a mystery. But you realize that when this husband loves his wife like that, the wife responds better than the one that is being ordered. Because it is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God cannot fail. It's a wisdom that brings, that is, it says the wisdom that is from above is peaceable, willing to you. But that wisdom can never fail. The wisdom of this world, hallelujah. It was Bob Marley that sang and said you can fool all the people sometime. And you can fool some people all the time. But you can never fool all the people all the time. The Bible is saying the wisdom of this world face season will look like it's it. But the wind will blow. You find out that it was foolishness. When they were crucifying Jesus, it was like hell was on a, a frenzy celebrating. But look at what the Bible says. But we speak verse 7 now. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. He said, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known what, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The greatest failure of the rulers of this was his crucifixion. So he went on, he says, I had not seen, he has not, neither has he entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared. Then he says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. 11 for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him even so no one knows the things of god except the spirit of god 12 it says now i have i want you to read this with me now i have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god say it again i have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god it makes the difference sir that's what makes all the difference. This is what will explain Christian and Christian. There are some born again everything, but their spirit is still operating from this world. They're operating with what traditional wisdom. So the pastor wants to raise money. It should not be that in a church, money is given and celebrated publicly on persons. You know why? Because when you do that, you have respect of members. Those who are giving 10 million come to that side. Those who are giving 5 million, come to that side. Those who are giving 1 million, stand to that side. And then the 10 million people, you clap for them with higher vigor. Then the 1 million people. Then there are people in the church who by reason of righteousness can't even give 10,000. What have you said to them? You have said to them that in this environment, you're a failure. The man who has given 10 million, in spite of what he did to make 10 million, you have said to them, in this environment, you are a star. What you have done is that you have sent rogues out. When they leave your church, they are going to steal for 100 million. That's why we have many cases of fraud and the perpetrators as front seaters in churches. Because men are using the wisdom of this world. And the confusion is that this thing works. It works. The spiritual man doesn't respond to what works. He responds to what God wants him to do. Because the Bible never says, well done, thou good and prosperous servant or successful servant. What it says is what? Welcome, thou good and what? Faithful means you built, in, uh, uh, Minister Georgie, you're an architect. Imagine if you do a nice building and give it to some very skilled, you know, masons and all of that. And they just do something else. And they expect you to come and wow at how sharp their walls are. But you look at the plan and say, what happened? Well done, that word. Good and faithful means according to. You did it according to what the master wanted. Praise the Lord. So this is the challenge we are having. 
People are operating in church with the spirit of the world. And because it's bringing results, people are confused. But we are go- as we continue and before we end, you're going to see that you ought not to be there. Verse 14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually the same. Now, any time the things of God, you come to church and you look at the Bible and you're seeing what the Bible says, and it's foolish to you, it's a time to pray. Because it means at that time, you're not receiving signals. I'm not saying that everything God tells you to do, you're going to start jumping up and be happy about it. Some of them will really break your heart. But if you are spiritual, you know that this is his will. That's when you ask for grace. Are you with me? Okay. He says the natural man can't receive it. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. 16, which is where, you know, if I have a, a theme, the theme will come from. He says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But what? You and I have what? The mind of Christ. That is it. That is Christianity. Christianity is men and women with the mind of Christ. With the software of Christ operating in them. Listen, scripture. Do you know slave traders use scripture? You can use scripture. Any intelligent person can bring anything out of the scripture. Just like the same way people go into the laboratories and they create things that solve war's problem. The same way people go in and they form IEDs and destructive things to kill men. It's the same way. Anything that has potency can be applied negatively or positively. So you can take scripture and apply it negatively. You know why? Because it's potent. But there's something that you need to interpret. Is it the mind? Are you sensing the mind of Christ? Are you coming from above? Just like where people gather and are praying, let their enemies fall and die. Ask them please to tell you where that, at what point did Jesus pray for his enemies to fall and die? What did he say? Father what? Forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. It's not that people won't fall and die, but it won't be out of your desire. God in his measurements and in his judgment will determine how they'll be falling and how they'll be dying. If not, even we can fall without knowing because sometimes you are so wrong and you think you're so right. So let the merciful one and the righteous judge do what? See to all the judging. For me, my job is to see that my spirit, soul, and body is blameless. It's not a small work. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's not a small assignment. I have to work to get the mind of Christ. Why? Because different things are going to be happening. I'm going to be having different experiences. So the way it works is that something happens which we may call the impute or the information. Okay? Just like we talked about this Deborah zone now. The politics, what is happening in your office, your very personal situation. It comes in. When it comes in, you're going to think about it. You're going to process. Why did she say that to me? Why did he do that to me? You know, why? Oh, I've been serving God. How come at, you know, I don't have anything to show for it? All those thoughts are going to come. When those thoughts come, there's something that happens. Everybody that has some, you know, impute given to him or made to him is going to mix it with his value system. Are you with me? Value system. You're going to, you know, turn it around with your worldview, with your exposure. You know, that, that's why if you notice what is happening in Nigeria now, the Muslims that are more exposed don't support what happened. The ones, the, the more illiterate they are, the more they're on that angle. Why? Because they've not seen. They don't have that exposure. Okay? Why? Your thinking 
Anything you hear, somebody say, I'm stupid. I process it with what is inside. It's not so much what I'm saying. And if the person says I'm stupid, if I'm wise and I'm not really stupid, the first question I'm going to ask is, who is saying I'm stupid? If a madman looks at you and says you're stupid, you lose your temper. Are you not madder than him? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you not madder than him? But if a madman says you're stupid and you look at yourself and you say it's a madman that is speaking, what will you do? You start laughing. <laughs> you say yes, sir. Yes. Eh? Let the conversation stop now because you can say you, you even do as if you're deaf and dumb. Just go your way. What have you done? You have processed an insult with what is inside of you. Now, the truth is this. When we have the right thing inside of us, we can truly become blameless. Because whatever they do to you, you process it. Like I told you one of the experiences I had some time ago, many years ago. It was like people are saying this, saying that, you know, just saying things about you that they shouldn't say. I mean, ah, a miyakin. And then the Spirit of God said to me, what are the names they have called you? I was thinking. I couldn't really think of a real bad name. And he said, what are the names they called your master? I said, Beelzebub. He said, Beelzebub and what they have called you. Which one is more serious? I said, Beelzebub. He said, you and your master. I said, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Because the moment I was made to process who I am. The truth is this. Like I, I, I've said the story before. I said it. Even if... You didn't do what they're accusing you of doing. Am I right? So you're so angry that they're accusing you falsely. But the truth is that just like when uh, VIO stops you in Nigeria, police stops you. You know that your car can never beat all the inspection. Because they'll find that there is dust on your tire. <laughs> do you understand? Even if you didn't do what they are lying against you that you did. You know that if the master puts his such light on you, he will see things that you did. So he said, for that reason, be humble. Do you understand? You may not be stupid, but you may be proud. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's your thinking. You mix it with your values, with your culture, with your worldview. And that is where the knowledge of the world comes in. You study the world that you may know God. So that when things come at you, what what it meets inside of you is God's value system. Everybody is, you know, all my mates have gotten married. Measure with God's value system. So when a time now when, you know, young ladies want to do all kinds of things and have children, you know, and just, I just compromise it. Put it with God's value system. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things the Lord said to me, he said, um, okay, who, who will help me here now? How many people, who has five children here? Okay, okay. Hey, should you please come? Come, let's clap for him. Julius, come. <laughs> You're blessed. Don't worry. We are, we are fellowshipping today. Now, praise the Lord. Look at this man well, well. How many children do you see on him? Eh? How many children do you see on him? Now, listen to me, people of God. The reason we kill ourselves about things is that we don't understand God's value system. Married, not married. Do you carry it on you? Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of things we kill. Now, very soon, my wife and I, we are just reminding ourselves that very soon, it will just be two of us in the house. Even the children that you have, at a time will, will come when they're no longer with you. Is that what you compromise your salvation for? All these things are things of the pride of life. I have, I have, I have. Carry it now. Let's know you've gone mad. Bro, he lives in the UK. 
Okay? So he's in Nigeria for a season. Why didn't you bring your five children to prove that you have five children? Eh? <laughs> British Airways. You, you know? Are you getting what I'm saying? Process it. Somebody looks at you. You don't have anything. You that have carried now. I have 17 houses. Pack it outside church. Come to clap for them, please. Come, come to church with your house. I'm a big man. Carry your bigness with you. At the end of the day, who you you're just a soul. You're just a soul. That's all you are. And if you process it rightly, someone says, I'm the boss in this office. It's okay. When you have malaria, transfer your malaria to your juniors. It's your own. You're, at the end of the day, you are where you are on your own with God. That's where it is. But because we are not processing, we don't have the value of Christ. That's why the Bible says to us, having food and what? Raiment. You know why they said that? I love those scriptures. You know why? That's the only thing you have on you. Having food and raiment. Say with such, you should be what? Content. Some people are, you know, especially the Igbo people, they, as they're crossing 50, you know, I, I reported my wife to you people some time ago. She said, we don't, have, we don't have house in the village. Those who have houses in the village, let them move into it in Abuja. Eh? <laughs> I have this, I do this, I do that. The king, the, the king of Saudi Arabia just died. His net worth, $18 billion. UAE, sorry. $18 billion. Controlling over trillions of dollars. Okay? You know what they buried him with? Two rappers. And his prosperity now is simply, do you know Jesus? Where he's going now will be either Jesus or no Jesus. Sadly. May God give us understanding. The spirit, the soul, and the body. The point I'm trying to make is these three, when, you know, because the, the first time we looked at this, thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us progress, was that the spirit, soul, and body, all of them must, you know, be at par. They don't have to be. I give you another illustration from current time. How many of us know Elon Musk? How many of us are aware of the statement he made recently? He was responding to Russia's threat on his life. And he said, you know, you people might just hear I disappear. And somebody, you know, a religious person said to him, it's not your portion. I'm just paraphrasing. You will not die. It's not your time. Yeah? You will live and, you know, when is your time, you die and go to heaven or something. I don't know what the person, but the person like prayed for him, you know, nice person. You know what Elon Musk said? He said he's actually not interested in heaven, that he's willing to go to hell. And his reason was that he knows. That means he's not completely blind. He says that that's where the most of the world will be. Now, I want you to get something here. Is there anybody as rich as Elon Musk? So you can see a prosperous body or so, whichever one we want to use for him. Eh? But we can see a destitute spirit. He said he's actually looking forward to the hell. He told the person, hold your prayer. The person prayed, I pray that however you meet God, you acknowledge God before you die. He said he's not interested. Person said, you're an engineer, you should know that this creator, this world is intelligently designed. So there must be a creator. He said he's not interested. You see, these are some of the things Christians don't understand. So when you see somebody prosperous, you say God. Which God? On this earth, on this side, the, that level of body, those things don't matter. Are you with me? Holiness must be prized more than prosperity in the church of Christ. If not, we'll keep having problems. 
a few weeks before this uh, Deborah thing, a few days, there was some unfortunate thing that was trending in the social media. I don't look at those things about some, you know, pastor that is not doing what he should do. Is it, did it, uh, agree, did it grieve you like the killing of this girl? Now, do you know the cost to the body of Christ of that is much more than the killing of this girl? Because that one is sin. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we must understand why is that important? So we can be stable in different situations in life. Because if not, we think that ah, if my spirit, if I'm so right with God, how come my body is not that prosperous? It doesn't follow. It doesn't follow. Let me tell you something you may need to know. I'm sure people here don't have that problem. One of the most self-confident ladies you'll see, I mean, pastors shouldn't use that word, are the least beautiful ones. You see very beautiful sisters that are so insecure. Is it nice? Is it nice? Hey, I think uh, there's a pimple here. The rich, beautiful, and famous check statistics of suicides. Even though their bodies are what people envy, their souls are not corresponding. So you find them, they commit suicide, they got on drugs, they do all kinds of things. Why? Because they don't have the privilege of having a spirit that is in fellowship with God. The greatest attainment of man is that a man is where he was before the fall, where God can walk with him and have conversation. That is the thing that we are aiming for. That is our goal. Where God calls and you answer. Where you call and God answers. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, He that sent me is always what? With me. For I always do those things that are pleasing to him. That is the prosperity of the Christian. Where his spirit is just in beautiful fellowship with God. We pray that your body and other things will catch up. But when that is right, you suffer no loss. And when that is right, it becomes a basis for warfare. But when that is compromised, the Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? But the spirit of a man, it will sustain him in sickness. Let's rise on our feet. Father, I thank you. Thank you for loving me. Brethren, what we began to do this morning is what the Bible says in our text that we read, 1 Corinthians 2.15. It says, but he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. And he says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he ministered? He said, but we have the mind of Christ. I want you to go to the Lord and thank him for a spiritual mind. For a mind that is interpreting the things of God rightly. A man that is not judging himself wrongly. A mind that is not saying, I'm downcast. When I should be saying, there's a lifting up. A mind that is not picking signals from Babylon and from the system of this world. A mind that knows what it means to be blessed. The Bible says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A mind that knows which prosperity that is not negotiable. A mind that knows which part of the body that must not, or rather which part of him, that must never be allowed to go down. So, why are you disquieted within me say put your hope in god get up my soul get up you can't go down the body may be down but so you can't go down you can't go down because i'm mother you're just my vehicle you can't stop me i want you to thank the lord you've been listening to a message by pastor Ike Naokeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at Eden 
Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.